You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Hour number two, Outkick 360, Friday edition. Happy Friday to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Glad you're with us here at the Outkick studios across the Outkick network. 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Got some headlines to hit. We have NFL Saturday games. Three of them we'll preview for you in a moment. We'll get to the Sunday games, the key games across the league. Um, plus, uh, coming up in hour number three, we discuss some of the college bowl games. And the Tampa Bay Rays have signed a pitcher who is legally blind. Crazy. We will discuss that story and more. Chad, Micah Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys are playing this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But on Christmas Eve, there is a showdown where Dallas will host Philadelphia. And Dallas is already talking about Philly. And while they're, 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 I don't think Dallas is catching them, and it would take a complete fall from the top of the mountain from Philly uh, because they clinched their playoff spot. Chad, the, here is Micah Parsons. He's got, um, he was on the Vaughncast, Von Miller's uh, podcast, and they were discussing Jalen Hurts and just MVP. And his response to Von Miller in the quote was, is it Hurts or the team? It's system and team. Talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and Hurts' great season and the competition he's in right now for MVP with Patrick Mahomes. And it's interesting that he's saying that because I absolutely know what he's doing. He's getting in the mind of Hurts, which is tough to do this year. And Hertz was already asked about what Michael Parsons was saying. And I'm going to worry about the Chicago Bears this week. Don't worry about me. You know, that, that's kind of the, the mantra of what's going on with, with, uh, with, with the Eagles right now in that locker room. But what do you think? Are you, are you Team Parsons here thinking Hertz is the system quarterback right now and it's not about him, it's about the team itself and the structure itself? Let me start by saying I love how honest Micah Parsons is. About everything. About literally everything. Yeah. Uh, and I love when he came back and was asked about it. He said, what, what are we talking about here? I, it's football. He's like, we, we speak our mind. I'm just speaking my mind. It's not hateful. I'm telling right. you what I think yeah. about a player. Like, I mean, I'm going to say what I think. I, I love that mindset and love Micah Parsons. He's a terrific player also. I mean, it is both. But can't you say that about anyone that's ever been successful at anything? I mean, it's Jalen Hurts is having an MVP year. Yeah. It doesn't change any of that. And also what Micah Parsons is saying is true. This is not necessarily the the old Mike Leach approach of, well, it's a Mike Leach, quote, system quarterback. And that would drive Mike Leach crazy to hear that about his guys, that they would it would be a criticism or a knock that they were a, quote, unquote, system quarterback. I don't look at Jalen Hurts and say – he's a system quarterback. I do look at Jalen Hurts and say he's in the perfect system with the perfect offense for his skill set right now in mm-hmm. Philly. And that's no knock at, at Hurts. And 
the way Parson says it and what he's saying, I don't think it's that much of a knock either because it is more about the entire offense and the system, but that system and offense doesn't look near as good without Jalen Hurts running it. Right. So it doesn't change the fact he's a really good player having an MVP season. And you've got Hurts who's thrown for 3,100-plus yards, 32 total touchdowns. I believe 22 of those, yes, 22 of those are um, passing. He's only thrown three picks. And to me, that's the separation between him and Mahomes right now. It's very similar to last year. Last year, the MVP vote went to Aaron Rodgers, but it was Brady who had more stats. He led the league in passing yards. But, but Rodgers... Led, he was up top with the touchdown passes to interception ratio. Yeah. He wasn't turning the football over. And that, that to me, is the, the separation between the two players right now when they put the ball in the air. Mahomes has turned it over a bit more, and it's nothing really that he's done wrong. He's been sensational yet again. He's had an MVP season, but I just think Jalen Hurts right now is, is on top and it's because right now he's playing better than Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not. It's just... Very consistent. He's leading the best team in football in a prove-it year. How can you not point to him as the MVP of the league currently? And, um, you know, I, I do think it helps Mahomes' case that Tyreek Hill is in Miami and he's still putting up the top numbers. But are you with me? I, I think right yeah, now... Yeah, no, I, I'm totally hurts. with you. And it's going to be... I think it's difficult I to... I think it's a nice little fall-off, honestly, from Hurts to Mahomes yeah. and everyone else. I, I well, think he's separated a bit. It... I, I, that race will either tighten or it's over Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. Based on what he does, again, all the, the millions of viewers that they will get just by putting Dallas on and with the magnitude of this game and the holiday, that's where every voter is going to be watching. They, they already are, but that's yeah. where they make up their mind. It's a little bit reminiscent of uh, Heisman voting where it feels like everyone really tunes in for championship <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Well, and that's going to say a lot or that last week of the season. It's a final stamp. I, I do think that it's because the way the seasons are shaping up with the Eagles, with the one loss, Cowboys are 10-3 and three currently. That is a heavyweight bout on Christmas Eve between two rivals within the division. It is going to go a long way to either cementing the MVP or allowing – Patrick Mahomes right back in there to be neck and neck. Chad, Alabama-Kansas State doesn't feel like a heavyweight bout in the Sugar Bowl. However, the top players that would make it that for Bama, they're playing. Bryce Young and Will Anderson, according to Pete Thamel, they're going to play in the Sugar Bowl. Love it. Good for them. Love it. Two, the top, what, two top five picks are going to play in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, you know, you you'd ask me if uh, if Hendon Hooker wasn't hurt, would he play in the Orange Bowl? And my answer was, I think that he would, um, just because of the quarterback position. But I mean, Bryce Young. I mean, Hendon Hooker's not a not a top ten pick like Bryce Young right. is. So I, I think it's terrific, and it's really a great show of leadership that he's doing that. And this is not. I, I'm not. Don't take this as a knock if Will Levis decides not to play in the Music City Bowl. Right. But I will say that it should be a plus if you're a scout and you see Bryce Young playing this game. It's a plus if you see Will Anderson playing in a Sugar Bowl, not even a playoff game, but is going to go in and play. I, I don't. It's not out of line to say, well, I'm going to give them points for doing that because that shows a commitment yeah. not only to their team but also 
a pure love of playing the game and wanting to play in big moments when people are watching, that to me seems like something that you should really like if you're looking for NFL players. So I'm all for it. And I think it, 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 if I'm a scout, that would help me in my evaluation with them. We know now, for- the risk, obviously, is you don't want to go out and get hurt. And that's why people yeah. are opting out. So, yeah. And we, we, we know from the Tennessee perspective, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, they're not playing in the Orange Bowl. And we also learned what Darnell Wright is turning pro as well. But he's going to play. Yeah. Yeah, he's turning pro, but will play in the game. That's great. And yep, he's getting, I mean, yes, I think he's making the right call. Yeah, you I get mean. That extra, you get that extra year, you get a chance to develop, a uh, chance to, to shine uh, a year early and get that contract, that second contract early. Most of the time, the offensive linemen are getting those, right? You're, you're sticking around. So, yeah, I think he's making the right call. And the transfer portal now opens up again for another position for Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I just, look, I, I want to go out of my way to give credit where credit is due to guys that want to play in these games and go and play with their teammates. So I, I think a lot more highly. I did, not that I thought any bad yeah. of them before, but both Will Anderson and Bryce Young for doing this. And, and I, I think for Jalen Hyatt specifically, just looking at his situation, um, if he's going to be a late first-round pick, I understand the decision to not play in this game. The timing of it's all odd with signing an NIL deal with Hyatt Hotels, and part of that is giving a brochure or coupon to parents to go to this game and then not playing in the game. Um, one knock on on Jalen Hyatt, I mean, you could come in and say, and this is what McShay and others will say, it's kind of a one-hit wonder. I mean, it was a, it was a hell of a hit. He's the Blitnikoff winner well, so- for one season, but... I am going to ask around about why didn't you ever take off before this? And what was it about you not, you've admitted to dogging it a, the year before that you weren't in. Why? Why did you stay and not transfer if that's the case, if you didn't jive with the, with the coaching staff? How were you dogging it? These are questions I would have to ask. Sure. And then, hey, you, had, he this, said that. you had this skyrocket of a season and then you opted out of a bowl game. Why? I think. I mean, these are look. I, these are just questions that I would have if I were an NFL GM interviewing I've, on someone. The, the flip side, the the one hit wonder is fair, but also for Hyatt, how do you view the quarterback position next year at Tennessee compared to what you had during that one hit wonder season where you took off? And yeah. if you don't buy into Milton or whoever it is. Now's the time to jump in if you don't think the numbers are going to match up the same way. Yeah, don't. I'm not saying he made the wrong decision. I understand the decision he made to go pro because if he comes back, it, the best case is you stay healthy and you just put up a lot of numbers again in this offense. Uh, I don't know that he's going to greatly improve his stock yeah. by coming back next year. So this may be the, the, the ceiling of where he's going to go late first round, early second round. That's great. That's a great ceiling. That may be it. I'm simply saying, with Bryce Young, there are no questions I have as a GM when you make the decision to go and play in the bowl game, and you fight through the things he fought through this year, and you single-handedly will your teams at times to win a game or be right there in a game where they haven't been great at other spots. Same goes for Will Anderson playing this game. These are just questions I would have for those that, that opt out. And every situation's different, and I'm not saying these are the wrong decisions for these players. But it's something I would have, and I give a big pat on the back for the Alabama guys that are playing. 
Let's take a look at the uh, Week 15 Saturday slate. We've got three games kicking off tomorrow across the NFL. And we start with the Colts and the Vikings. The Vikings need to get back on track. We hit this yesterday, Chad. This is one of those games for Minnesota. This should be a get-right game. With the Colts visiting, they're done. They've tapped out. But yet, this is also a team that seems like they're still playing hard for their interim head coach for whatever that's worth. Vikings only favored by three and a half at home against an Indianapolis team that's going to want to run the football. And this is a Vikings group, Chad, that needs to get back on track. Even though they've wrapped up the division, they need to be peaking. They need to be playing their best football going into January. And right now, they've, they're sliding back even though they've, again, they've, they're, they've got the division wrapped up and everything's great. Look, it's not... You lose a game in the NFL, it's, it's no big deal. No big, no big story there. And they lost last week to Detroit, and Detroit's playing really well. You lose at home to the Colts, it's a story. You've got a, you've got a disturbing yeah. trend happening now. This is not just some blip on the radar, something you can write off as, hey, no, no big deal, they got good players too. They're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, which surprised me. It surprised us a week ago when the Lions were favored against them, yeah. right? Yes. Um, what does Vegas know about this Vikings team? This seems like a game to me that could be a six, seven point line going into it at home for them, but only three and a half against the Colts. So that surprised me a bit, but I, I agree with you. If you're a team that needs that wants momentum going into the playoffs with this great season the Vikings have had, you must, absolutely must take care of business against a reeling. Colts team right now yeah. at home and they, they're off to they were off to the races in the the NFC North to begin with the Vikings were they're not the Titans but the Titans need another win to wrap things up the Vikings can clinch with a win tomorrow at home and, and what's at stake here if you lose if you're the Vikings you just gave Jeff Saturday his lone win over a playoff team his one wins over the Raiders right now yeah uh, by the way the, the spread while a bit surprising based on the opponent Vegas knows that when Minnesota wins, it's a one-score game. They are 9-0 and this season in one-score games. So it's always going to be a, a close, tight scoreboard in the fourth. And this is a game that Minnesota should be able to put away. Ravens on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Baltimore, they, they'll have Huntley. They've got to get Lamar Jackson back healthy. But the good news is Huntley has been cleared through concussion protocol. The Ravens' defense... They intercepted Mitch Trubisky three times last week. 23 takeaways, second most in the league. They're also second in turnover differential. They're plus nine in the NFL. The Browns going the opposite direction, not showing momentum, trying to show just a sign of life with a quarterback now that they have tabbed as their franchise, not playing well through two weeks. You would expect things to begin to click in, but they haven't yet. And due in large part because they can't run it. They were held to, uh, Chubb was held to like 37 yards last week. So, yeah, this is a, a Ravens team that's not favored in this game. The Ravens should go on the road based on where they are right now, based on the fact that they continue to win. I don't care if it's 10-9 or whatever the final score is. Yeah. They're staying ahead of Cincinnati by doing so. Cincinnati has Tampa this week. Baltimore needs to win this to wrap up the division and make sure that they stay ahead of Cincinnati so they can host some games in Baltimore. Deshaun Watson played better a week ago than he did in Houston in his debut with the Browns, and that's more of a statement of just how bad he was in Houston because he wasn't very good 
even in the second game, but it was still better than the first one. Armando Salguero said it's time for Deshaun Watson to start to step up. And he said, I'm not giving him any benefit of the doubt, not someone I'm going to wait around and apologize for. And I'm with Armando on that. Look, the Browns made a controversial decision to give a guaranteed contract and all of this money to a guy that was accused of some bad things by a lot of people. So when you do that, that's fine. If you want to be all about the money and the money here being wins Mm -hmm. and the business, I'm totally fine with that decision. Then go out and win and produce. So if you're going to pay and give the guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson, pressure's on Deshaun Watson now. And then now someone's going to respond, well, well, hey, no pressure when you got guaranteed money coming in. Well, this is part of the issue with the guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson. That's true also. But Deshaun Watson's not going to get any benefits of the doubt moving forward with his play because the expectation is he, he needs to be great for this Browns team, and it needs to start soon. Uh, the, if he continues on this path the last few weeks of the season, a lot of pressure going into next year for Deshaun Watson, at least from the outside, looking in at that, because he needs to be a lot better than he's been. Snowstorm is hitting Orchard Park in the Buffalo area, upper New York, with more lake effect snow uh, scheduled for tomorrow night. Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins. Miami, three of their last four games to end the regular season are against divisional opponents. Starting with this short week with the trip to Buffalo, they're coming off of their losses to the 49ers and the Chargers. And in those games, they ran 63 fewer plays than their opponent. When you consider the offense and Tua and Hill and how they spin the football, it doesn't bode well for these elements. But as Armando pointed out with us earlier, it's not like Josh Allen enjoys playing in this weather either. And it's not like Buffalo runs it very well unless it's Josh Allen. They're doing better at that, but not to the same consistency as some of the top rushing uh, offenses or more balanced offenses in the league. Miami's got to try to run the football too. And that's part of the issue with how they've scored just 17 points against the, the Chargers and that defense that was ranked 28th in the NFL. This is a team and offense that's built better than that. But the conditions here, possessions will be at a premium. And from a Buffalo standpoint, Chad, this is also a defense that has allowed 22 points in back-to-back division wins over the Patriots and the Jets. What would your level of surprise be if the Bills lost this game and the Dolphins went up there and won? You know, as a touchdown underdog in the snow. Yeah. I'd be pretty surprised. Yes. I mean, they were practicing this week in 80-degree weather. I mean, that is a drastic change in in temperature. I'll also say, though, Buffalo has... I mean, they've already lost. You've seen Miami um, take advantage of some some really good teams. I mean, they're, the teams they've lost to have been among the, the best teams record-wise in the NFL. They can go toe-to-toe with Buffalo, but I don't think the elements allow that, right? The, the elements of what we saw in Miami earlier this year compared to what they'll see here. I don't know if this is uh, ideal for Miami. I think Vegas has it right here. It could be 10 nothing. I mean, it could be 10-3. Yeah. Who knows, based on two feet of snow. Uh, the good news is, Chad, they're not moving this game. No, and it's a must-watch, for in large part for that reason. I like this Saturday triple header of NFL games now that college is, is over. Yep. Not over, but 
bowl games are going on. You don't have a full slate of games. I love getting these these three games in a row on, on a Saturday, and that Saturday night game with the snow is must-watch TV. Coming up, we'll preview the key NFL matchups on Sunday, and we'll give you the four other teams. Of course, the 49ers became the second team to not just clinch to the division, but they're in the playoffs. And there are four other teams that can clinch a playoff spot and make sure that they're playing in January. We'll preview those games as well. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. About to take a look at the key NFL matchups for the Sunday slate. Outkick 360 rolls on. One of the matchups will not include the Denver Broncos. Um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson uh, out with a concussion. And there are some details coming out on Wilson. Yeah, this is from James Palmer, who covers the Broncos in Denver. Um, Russell Wilson, uh, this is a quote from Nathaniel Hackett with media availability. Russell Wilson has passed the concussion protocol. With that being said, as an organization, we decided to give him another week to get ready. So he's ready to go for the Los Angeles Rams. Russ is one of our ultimate competitors in this game. He's unbelievable. We informed him of the decision, and he's not happy with it. He wants to be out there and playing. He's very, very competitive, as we all know, and wants to compete for this team and be out there. But we as an organization, after discussing and talking throughout the entire week, have decided it's best for the organization for him not to play. It's best for Russell. We talked about this from top all the way down to the bottom. So we looked at every single thing and just wanted to give him another week to get ready. We're very confident in Rip. We're excited about Rip and the opportunity to go against the Arizona Cardinals. So this is a business decision by the Broncos to say, yeah, you're not going to play this week. It sounds like a mix of health concerns. We know you passed the protocol, but we're not going to do it. And also business decision. Well, it sounds similar to what the Miami Dolphins did with Tua. Yeah. After the second And that was after, but the difference is there was no controversy involved with this one. They did that after after controversy with his second concussion. Yeah, but I mean, he's he was knocked out cold, much like Tua. Yeah. And they're not going to play him seven days later, is what they're saying, based on what happened with Tua playing the following Thursday on a short week and that happening. And Hackett is saying he will be back for the Arizona Cardinals game the following game. Yes. Sorry, the Los Angeles Rams. He's not going to play against the Cardinals this week. He will play against the Rams the following week. Chad, the uh, the playoff scenarios right now for clinching a playoff berth this week, the Cowboys can clinch a playoff berth with a win over the Jaguars or a commander's loss or a Lions loss or tie to the Jets. So that's likely happening A lot of things this week. that could go their way. The Vikings can clinch with a win over the Colts plus a Lions loss to the Jets. So the Lions losing helps both Dallas and Minnesota lock things up. They also can lock things up by just winning as well. Uh, Vikings need both. Bills can clinch with a, just a win over the Dolphins. And the Chiefs clinch with a win over the Texans or a Chargers loss 
to the Titans. No one's clinching the NFC South just yet. Every team, playoff hopes are alive. And that's why we start with Falcons and Saints. One of these two teams will uh, continue to stay in the mix with three weeks to play, believe it or not, with their records. And Atlanta comes in at 5-8, and eight, New Orleans 4-9. and nine. The Falcons, second in the league in rushing yards. They average just under 160 rushing yards per game. The problem is they have not been doing that lately. And Cordell Patterson has not been himself since he's come back. He put on a show against the Saints in week one when that game was in Atlanta. So that that's number one. Of course, Desmond Ritter also playing in this game, uh, getting his first start. I think that should help guys like Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts become more of a factor in the passing game where Mariota wasn't throwing it much at all. Ritter, they should... They may not turn it loose with them, but they should dial up a lot more downfield offense uh, against New Orleans. By the way, the Saints, uh, Chris Olave, 35 catches in the last seven games. He's on pace for 1,100 yards in his rookie season. And uh, the Saints have given up 97 points combined in six games, but they've only won two of those six games because their offense hasn't been putting up Yeah, anything. I was going to ask if there's any reason to watch this game from a Saints perspective, and I think the answer is mostly no. Desmond Ritter is the reason to watch for the Falcons. At the end of a very weird week for the Falcons, with all the Marcus Mariota back and forth about what's yeah. really going on with him, where Arthur Smith made it sound like he kind of quit the team when he got benched where Desmond Ritter was coming in, yeah. but now that may not be the case, and he might actually have surgery happening Strange situation uh, in Atlanta, but this is now the start of the sneak peek at Desmond Ritter to see if he can be the guy moving forward. Yep, and a, a chance here to both teams uh, getting buys. They, they're coming off that. They've got it healthy as they're going to be right now. And again, both teams, believe it or not, can they're in the mix to win the uh, NFC South based on what happens with it's Tampa crazy. Bay. And with Carolina, who's right behind Tampa. The assumption would just be they're both out of the playoff Done, picture, but right? they, they are not. Yeah. Uh, Lions and Jets. So Mike White, not cleared to play by the team doctors for the Jets. So we will see Zach Wilson starting against the Detroit Lions. That has moved the line to where the Lions are now the road favorite at outkick.com slash bet. Um, Detroit. Squarely in the mix for a wild card berth. The Jets, same situation in the AFC. Both of them are in the nine spot, two spots out of the final wild card spot. And both of these teams extremely capable of beating the other. You've got Jared Goff in this offense that's putting up a ton of numbers. And Chad, they're playing very good football right now. So is the Jets' defense. This is a legitimate defense in New York and I'm excited to see this matchup regardless of who's playing quarterback for the Jets so there's a story up at Outkick right now and this is the tweet from Joe Kinsey that says Elizabeth Hurley 57 years old has a new Christmas movie out that you might want to dial up later tonight Christmas in the Caribbean is described by one critic as quote oddly watchable I read that tweet because now I want to watch this movie obviously but because I also think Lions Jets Hutton is very oddly watchable yes. right now. This is maybe outside of the snow game Saturday night, the game I'm most excited to watch this weekend between these two teams battling for that last playoff spot uh, on either side, yeah. NFC, AFC. 
I'm very excited. Oddly watchable, much like, much like uh, Christmas in the Caribbean. How does Detroit defend Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson right now is the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year based on his dynamic play. And he's putting up tons of numbers. He's been tremendous. And Zach Wilson, what has this time off done where they were going to elevate him to the second string? He was going to be active and be the backup to Mike White, not Joe Flacco. So they were ready to put him in this week if needed. Now he's getting the start. And if he plays well, uh, they're going to... Robert Sala is just going to roll with whoever's winning or playing decent. Yes. I don't, I don't think this is a situation where well, when, Mike, when Mike White's healthy, he's going to have the job. He's only getting the job back if Wilson goes out there and is not good like he was earlier this year. If he's okay, then it's still going to be Wilson's job, even when White comes back from the rib injury. Corey Davis, by the way, remains in concussion protocol. He has not practiced this week. Bengals and Buccaneers in Tampa, the 425 p.m. Eastern time kickoff um, on Sunday. Bengals three-and-a-half-point road favorites against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers who return home after being throttled 35-7 to in San Francisco to face a Bengals team that is playing some really good football and they're healthy. This is a, a solid Bengals offense against a Tampa Bay offense that can't put up many points right now with how they're distributing the football. Their wide receivers uh, have not been on the same page with Brady for the majority of this season, and they really struggled to run the football. This is, though, one of those... You can two steps forward, one step back. They did that last week. Tampa did. Another loss, and you're about to see Carolina and the winner of the Atlanta-New Orleans game creep up and take that take that division, believe it or not. That, that buck schedule uh, seemingly never lightens up unless they're playing in division, <laughs> that terrible yeah. division. It's crazy. I mean, going from on the road in San Francisco yeah. and getting beat down to then coming home and facing, and you said it, a very hot Cincinnati team. This is a tough, tough schedule for Tampa, and I do not like their chances in this game the way Cincy's playing. Tampa, after, after engineering the, the fourth quarter comeback win over the Saints, which was fun, Brady had one of his worst games back in his home of uh, where he's from in San Francisco. Um, he averaged just a little over four yards per attempt. I, I am intrigued to see how he responds back home with some playoffs and opportunities on the line. Um, moving through the, the rest of the, the games uh, for, for Sunday, we have on here as well, Titans Chargers. It's big for Los Angeles. Um, would be a massive win for the Tennessee Titans as well, who have lost three straight. They're going in the opposite direction now, seven and six. The Chargers need to keep winning, especially the AFC matchups for tiebreaker purposes if it comes down to that for the seven spot. Right now, they're the first team out. They could be in the postseason based on some other results with a win at home against a Titans team that they're only favored against uh, by three. I, I think you can easily tack on some uh, more points to that because I get it. This is not a good Chargers defense. They're 27th or 28th in the league. You can run the football on them. But the Titans haven't been able to run the football on anyone recently. That's their identity, and they don't have it. They can't point to it. And until I see it again with that offensive line, I mean, they're talking about playing Dylan Radins in this game. Finally. Um, Should have happened a while I say finally, I mean, yes. but You got to try something different. Dylan Dylan Radins is now looked to 
as one of the selling points for why the run game is going to get better, I'm not buying it until I see that because the offensive line is the issue. Give me the Chargers, and this is a big game for L.A. If they lose this game, Armando said, "Ah, I don't see the Titans winning. I could see the Chargers lose because they've been very up and down. But Herbert has a healthy receiving core now, Chad. Um, Eckler has certainly been fantastic. It's hard for me to see a Chargers team that doesn't put up 24 to 28 points, and we know the Titans aren't reaching that. It's time for the Titans to inspire some confidence and belief, and I'm not talking about with their fan base, with themselves, because I, I, I'm watching this team, and it's, it's one that's losing belief by the game and by the quarter. I, I don't think that they're buying into to their own mantras around that building right now, and it, it, it was precipitated by the firing of John Robinson. I, there's a lot of looking around, a lot of finger-pointing, and not a lot of answers, quite frankly, especially when the stronghold of your team, the rock, was that defense. And that defense can't do anything against the pass right, right now. And now they're playing Justin Herbert. Uh, this is a chance to inspire some confidence from within with a good performance and a win against a, a Chargers team that's good and talented but not great. And it's not like you're going into a hostile environment. But I look at the way the Chargers are playing, Hutton, and think, there's no way. Chargers There's have, no way the Titans are going in there the way they're playing and the way the charge. I, I just do not see it. Chargers coming off that win over Miami. I, I think Justin Herbert's going to do whatever he wants in this game. Chargers have seven players listed on their injury report this week. None, none of those have been ruled out for Sunday's game. Three players are questionable, and they're, three of their four injuries with an injury status are on defense. Mike Williams, I'm bringing this up. Mike Williams, the receiver, had an ankle issue, full participation all week. Meanwhile, for the Titans, C.J. Board, Traylon Burks, Christian Fulton, Dontrell Hilliard, Danico Autry, Trey Avery, and Amani Hooker all ruled out uh, for this trip. They're not even making the trip um, because they're so banged up at some key spots. Ryan Tannehill, by the way, was on the injury report this week with uh, an ankle issue. Um maybe a toe, I think, as well, on the opposite foot. So, and we knew the ankle, but I'm saying the toe on the opposite foot. He said, well, might as well even things up a bit. Yeah, so ankle, ankles and toes. The, no, mo- not the mobility good. looks... Not, like, not good things to have injured. It looks like he's getting better with his mobility, but it's still not where you want him taking off and running seven, eight times in this game. Finally, Giants and Commanders in what has been set up as a... Likely win and you're a wild card team scenario. Not guaranteed, but it's highly likely the winner of this team. You had the percentages. One goes to 81, 173, I think, yes. in terms of percentage. For chances to win, yes. And uh, the commanders all but lock up a wild card berth by beating the Giants at home after tying them two weeks ago. Washington's coming off the bye. Meanwhile, the Giants are limping into this game record wise, Chad, and it's. Again, it's difficult for me to see the Giants winning this game. Um, I'm taking Washington. I'm also intrigued what happens if they tie again for the second time. I in would three love weeks. to see another tie. Uh, let's let's make some history with that tie. But I believe the Commanders are going to get it done in in this game at home. Uh, that was such a weird scene watching the end of the game yes. up in Jersey between the Giants and the Commanders when it when uh, it went into t- to tie zone they're late in the game with the fan reaction to it. But big opportunity for the commanders. And Taylor Heineke, for a second time in his career, 
has sort of transformed himself into the guy for Washington. And it's it's working so far. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I mean, the Commanders are six one and one since they that lost. Defense is really fun. Four to watch of their first five games. The Commanders, the they've defensive re- front really turned things around. And even better, um, Chase Young's getting back on their defense now. And you know he's he's back. He's helped that, that defense has held opponents to sixteen points per game over their last eight games. And this is a Giants team that has only scored. I've got the number right here as I scroll down. They've scored a total of 78 points in the last four games. They're 0-3-1 in those games. They're going the opposite. Uh, but it's not due to poor quarterback play. Daniel Jones, he, has not, he hasn't thrown an interception in nine of the last 10 games he's played. And he's completing roughly 67% of his passes. And that was a big knock on him. So if you're going to let it loose, turn it loose, is he going to be a turnover machine? Because that's what he was when they were throwing at a high rate. And... Look, they, they may not have a great passing game. They don't have great depth at the receiver position. But it, it's not like Daniel Jones is turning it over, and that's why they're 0-3-1 in their last four. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a close fourth quarter game. I think Washington puts it away, though, with how they're built. And hats off to Ron Rivera. Yeah. What an outstanding season, considering the circumstances of everything off the field. And then the circumstances of Wentz not panning out. You go to Heineke. You're starting running back at rookie uh, Robinson. Shot right before the season. He's back. Remarkable. And you've been doing that without Chase Young on defense. So, now you get your best pass rusher back. They, they're an interesting wildcard team going on the road. And it's a, it's a team built to win on the road because of that defense. And the way they should be able to shut some people down. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's an impressive story. Uh, not just the, you know, there were some sort of self-created controversies with Ron yeah. Rivera yeah. this offseason also and, and his defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a wild year for them, but it, it's, it's been an impressive one. Chad, uh, do you wash your Christmas tree? It's a legitimate question that someone i guess now we need to ask yeah someone actually uh has done this and we'll explain the details of it and a story from outkick.com that's next on outkick 360. when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Coming up, we've got the injury reports for you across the NFL. We will also take a a glance at the college football bowl schedule, which is underway starting today. UAB, they knocked off Miami of Ohio in the Bahamas Bowl. you have an update on the other game that's going on right now, I'm looking it up right now, and I'll I'll let you know. It's Texas-San Antonio playing Troy in game number two right now. This is the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Texas San Antonio up twelve to seven at halftime. This runners. game was two to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Texas San Antonio. This should be a high scoring game, and it's not. No. Offenses U- really took was the uh, boat racing teams this year. Offenses, offenses of In both these teams conference. took that time off. Literally, uh, getting yes. ready for the bowl. Just said, you know, we're not going to prepare. 
This is the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. You know we're, we're leaving. Yeah, they, they said, <laughs> if you're going to send us to the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, we're going to give you a Duluth Trading Cure Bowl level effort and preparation for the opponent. Uh, and that's what we got. Chad, are you a artificial or real tree person? I'm an artificial tree guy only because I have some of the most insane allergies of any human on the planet. And if I put a live tree in the middle of my house, I might die. Uh, my eye all week has been just out of nowhere swelling up overnight. My left I eye gets it. really red. I see it worse. It's worse now than it was early in the week. Yeah, it's uh, it got worse overnight. But there's something I'm convinced I'm probably allergic to something either in this room because it gets worse when I'm too, in here, clearly. or when I get home, there's something going on. I may be allergic to my fake tree, for all I know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of fake so, garland all over my house. And I think that combined with a tree may be what's messing up my left eye. So uh, putting a real tree in, in my house is, is a no-go. Now, if I had no allergies, I would be a real tree guy all the way. All the way. I, I love the smell of the real tree in the home. Like, you just to me, it's second to none around Christmas time. Um, but there is a, to your point about allergies, there's a woman, I believe, over the U.K., who admitted she was posting photos of her artificial tree soaking in the bathtub where she washes her tree prior to putting it up each year. And she, uh, she, I mean, you see the... I feel like Davey's got more info on this, uh, this lady well, you and, see and this, what she's doing. You see it soaking, Davey, and like, it does appear that dirt is, is removed from this. She, she says she went from a, a pet home to a, now a pet-free home which sparked all this. But besides just that, she doesn't want the dust and dander and allergens on this. I, this is odd because the, the water looks filthy. I also think it's the dye coming off the fake tree yeah. that is making the water look so filthy to begin with. I think it's, it's playing a trick on her mind. What do you think? I really am kind of at a loss for words because like I'd never seen anything about this. I'd never even heard of anyone doing no. this. Um, the, the first question like the this was apparently pulled from a Facebook post, but I was like, surely she's not doing this with like a real tree that you're just going to get rid of uh, not long after. But thankfully, right. at least it was an artificial tree. But I, I get it. I mean, Chad, you talk about having the dust, the allergies, uh, stuff of that nature. Uh, you want to get rid of it. But still, it's just it's just such a weird concept. I mean, what, what do you do to dry it? You just like... I don't know. Like it's, I, I just, I, I saw this and I was like, it made me think, is anybody else doing this? Because usually it's like one of those things like you're just not willing to ask the question because you're like, well, they're going to think I'm an idiot if I, if I bring this up. So I was like, I'm, I'm throwing it out to the audience. Wanted to get your guys' take. Nice tree soak. Well, permission... Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> permission to sound uh, heartless Go ahead. for a second. Yeah, look at that camera and be heartless. Uh, to sound a little bit insensitive. Um, when it's time to clean your fake tree... <laughs> It's time to throw away your fake tree and go get a new fake tree. And if you are someone who can't afford a cheap new fake tree because it's time to clean your tree and you want to clean it, then you just shouldn't have a Christmas tree. I mean, yeah. there are things you got to budget for in life, and if that's the case, a new a new fake tree is too expensive, then don't get a tree or, you know, sign up for some charity that hands out, you know, real Christmas trees. And if you got bad allergies like me and you can't have a real Christmas tree, then you're not going to have a Christmas tree. But if you really think that putting your tree in a tub 
and soaking it is the way to go at any point. If your tree is that damn dirty, yeah. then you toss well, that thing complex. in your trash. Yeah. You take it to a nearby landfill. You do whatever you need to to get rid of and dispose of that tree in the proper way and go buy another tree. This is not a step. We're adding a step. The step is tree is old, dirty, whatever, dusty. I'm going to throw it away and get a new one. There's we've added this step of now we're going to soak the tree yeah. and wash it. That no, no, not going to go there. This is a germaphobe. Yeah, to the, to the extreme. And look, like I'm, Howie, I'm sorry if you can't afford a new Howie fake tree. Who but, doesn't shake hands? Yeah. Well, I, I get the what the woman's saying about I had pets and yeah. maybe she's got someone in her house now that's allergic to pets, so they got to completely go de-pet dander the whole place. And um, that, but just toss it. I will say, burn that fake tree and then if, go get a new one. If uh, if if I'm putting up an artificial tree, I'm in the future buying the one that's kind of split in half. Have you seen these? Because the back of your tree that you decorate never is it's never seen anyway. So the, the, the tree just butts up against the wall flush, and you have half the tree decorated, and you still have room to put gifts underneath. Oh, that's great. That's what, I mean... I, I, every year taking the tree down leads to one of the biggest fights between me and with, Angie of the year, because it is so hard and cumbersome to get that thing from the upstairs storage area downstairs, down, and, then back and it up. hits the wall and scratches... And I mean, it's like the worst thing you could possibly do in our house if you get one little scratch on something. And I'm thinking, there's no way for me to avoid hitting the wall. And it leads, you're going too fast. You're too rough with the tree. And I was like, someone else take the tree and you know show me how you can go down these yeah, stairs you soak the tree without down. hitting anything. That's yeah. right. It's your turn to clean the tree now. Coming up, uh, we hit the headlines. It includes the latest NFL injury report as we head into week 15. And the Rays have signed a pitcher who is legally blind. For real, what's next?